0: super excited that I'm about to make more money than I've ever made in my life and little did I know, you know, businesses have expenses and it takes a lot more than just what's coming in and what's going out. So yeah, I was, I was living in it. I was loving it. It took me a couple, about a month to realize, wow, like (laughs) you've definitely started something here. You got to go for it. It's too late to back out now.
1: Welcome everyone to Beyond the Image, the podcast dedicated to equipping you with the tools, strategies, and insights to unlock the success that you deserve. My name is James Patrick and I'm an internationally published photographer, best-selling author, entrepreneur coach, and your host on this journey to push past all of the surface level limitations holding you back. The real change we seek is just beyond the image in front of us. To get there, we're going to craft our vision, we're going to live with purpose, and we are going to create legacy. Are you ready? Let's go. What is going on? And thank you guys so much for tuning in to this, our 113th episode of the Beyond the Image podcast. So truly honored that you could take some time Get a little information, get a little inspiration to help you in your entrepreneurial journey. I also want to thank you all for the epic five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. Listen, I have some awesome news. This podcast just started charting as one of the top entrepreneur podcasts on the Apple Podcast app, and we owe it all to you. Thank you guys so much for your five-star reviews. Thank you so much for shouting this podcast out, for sharing this podcast with a friend. We rely on you. Appreciate you guys so truly much. And speaking of awesome announcements... In just 24 hours, we are kicking off our first ever Fitposium Summer Summit. This day and a half virtual event is predicated upon teaching you how to navigate the current economic landscape that we are all facing as entrepreneurs right now. We have some amazing sessions lined up for you, as well as some live panels where you get to have your questions answered about how to set up your business, grow your business, and profit from your business right now. So head over to Fitposium.com. All the details are there. Passes as low as $25. That's right. Passes as low as $25. You can get access to this amazing lineup of speakers. Myself, Kristen Brown from Strong. Jill Coleman is on the panel. We got Lisa Simone Richards on the panel. We got Dr. Shante Cofield on the panel. We got Samantha Kazuch. We got Lisa Kume, Scott Aaron. We got Taylor Simpson, Billy Polson, Danielle Sente, Matt Godisman, Will Armijo, Joanna Vargas, Felicia Romero. Guys, the list just goes on and on. You do not want to miss this. Go to Fitposium.com and get locked in. And speaking of speaking of getting locked in, I have locked in such a great interview for you today. I get to chat with a new friend of mine. Her name is Kelsey Ayers. And Kelsey is the founder of Sweat CBD. And Sweat CBD, it is a CBD oil and gummy company that she founded actually just recently. And the reason I'm excited about this interview is because we dive into something we haven't really hit too much on this podcast, which is the release of a physical product from the creation of the product, the ideation, the branding, the manufacturing, the distribution to the marketing sales and advertising channels of a physical product, to wholesaling a physical product, to how you increase your profits with the physical product to how you sometimes have to give a little to get something in the long run. So we dive into a lot over this interview. I'm so honored to have Kelsey on this show. If this show benefits you, if you get something out of the show, shout it out. Let me know at jpatrickphoto on Instagram. You can also connect with Kelsey at sweatcbd on Instagram. Guys, Thank you so much again. And here's my interview with Kelsey Ayers. All right, listeners, we have a new style of interview for you today. And in this interview, I get to chat with a new friend of mine, Kelsey Ayers, who's the founder and CEO of Sweat CBD. And this is going to be the first uh, podcast we've done on Beyond the Image, where we're talking about a product launch and how to create a product, the ideation behind creating a product, the formulation, taking a product to market, testing, marketing all the good stuff. So super excited to have this conversation. We got Kelsey on the line. Kelsey, how's it going?
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm super excited to chat with you.
1: Oh, super excited. We can have this conversation. So let, let's kind of go back. I want to hear a little bit about your backstory and what it was that had that light bulb moment pop in your brain that, you know what, I want to start my own company A, but my own CBD company B.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. So Um, I was always someone who valued work a lot. I mean, I grew up in small town, Wisconsin, and we are taught just to work. You don't always necessarily have to love your job, but you have to do it and you have to go. Mm -hmm. And for some reason that just never like really, really clicked with me. I would see my dad just clock in every single day and work his butt off just around the clock just to provide for my family. But I could tell he was just, you know, never super happy. And, and that, Really, I kind of like, I I think I just absorbed a lot of that when I was a kid and it just kind of carried through all of the different jobs that I tried throughout my life. I mean, literally I was, I was everything. I was a nanny. I was a server, a bartender, you name it. I tried it. And I just was never honestly a great employee because I'm someone who operates from a place of like passion and everything I do, I'm really passionate about. And because there wasn't any passion there. Um, I just, yeah, I just wasn't a great employee. And so, as time went on a little bit, um, again, really unhappy in the the job that I was at, um, I was struggling with anxiety, and I had been for a lot of a lot of years. Um, I was medicated for anxiety, and um, I would sometimes skip taking my medication because it just made me feel like so lifeless and I'm just not a lifeless person. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, but then I would struggle with panic attacks. So, I I honestly always knew that there was something out there that was, one, going to guide me down an entrepreneurial journey, and two, was going to naturally relieve me of my anxiety. I just had never imagined that those two things would be hand in hand. So I remember the first day that I actually was offered CBD to try in place of my anxiety medication, I felt this relief off my chest that I had never felt before, and I took... A massive deep breath and it just dawned on me like pretty instantly honestly that this was it like I that day stopped taking my anxiety medication now haven't taken it for over two years and it just all came together really fast because I felt that passion that I was talking about I felt that this is it and I could stand behind this and I can help so many people who I know are struggling as well And, um, yeah, it just, it really happened that fast. And I decided that day that this was going to be it. And I went for it.
1: So I'm curious, like it's so easy for us to be so isolated in our view to think that we're the only one that could be feeling what we're feeling that you know our, our problems are so unique when when really there's such a collective uh, experience as, as humans and in, in regard especially when it comes to our pain points and our struggles as well as our desires and our aspirations what helped give you the clarity to see that you weren't the only one dealing with with this kind of turmoil or this this struggle or pain and that there were so many Others who needed the help or who needed that that relief that you were able to achieve?
0: yeah, that is that is something we 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 very much so isolate ourselves in in when we think we have an issue, and it's it is hard to see that so many other people have that issue. However, Growing up my dad struggled with anxiety. I remember him being taken out of our house by um, Ambulance multiple Mm. times for having a panic attack Um, And same thing with my grandma So I think it was even more so I knew that this was something that was coming for me as I got older And it was really easy to identify almost to a fault because I think I more so I, I used it as you know I struggle with anxiety and that's why I why I feel this way and then therefore use medications to kind of numb those feelings and not work through them and so understanding that there was so many other people struggling it really gave me the push I needed to be like this is what this is helping you this is what you need to do you need to help other people the way feel the way that you feel right now
1: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm so what When did the actual product idea enter into your, into your awareness?
0: Yeah. So that was about, it would have been a, about three years ago now is when I first, no, a little less than three years is when I first tried CBD. And Mm -hmm. it was that day that I decided this is, I want to do this. And obviously then it took some time and by some time, honestly, it was really, really fast. It was a very fast paced thing. When I decide I'm going to do something, I kind of just, I go for it. So in the, in that moment, when I decided this is something that I want to produce. I want to uh, create a product that I trust to take every single day and that I trust then to give to my friends and my family in order to help them. You know, I would never be able to morally sell something to someone, especially ingestible, that I didn't fully, fully trust. So there was a lot of, you know, planning and, um, searching for the best farm and the best manufacturer in order to get things lined up. But then once that was done, it all went really fast. And we created 50 tinctures and it was off to the races. I mean, and by off to the races, I mean, I had no idea what I was getting
1: into. <laughs> well, I was I was going to ask because yeah. okay, so it's it's such a lightning fast trajectory, right. and as, as anyone who's launched anything, product or service based, it, it can really feel like this, where there's that moment where you step back, you're like, holy shit, is this actually right. happening, or <laughs> or do I need to pull back the reins a little bit? Am I yeah. am I am I uh, a little too hungry with my eyes or my aspirations? You know, you know, then the imposter syndrome sets in, and and that right there that that moment right there where you're like oh, is this really happening that that can paralyze so many would be entrepreneurs and altogether derail so many would be entrepreneurs so what is helping you during this time when you go from you know, I, I find this, this solution to a pain point. I'm going to create something that I'm confident in. I find this this great grower. And it, this is still in an idea phase. This is still creative and fun. And then all of a sudden, then you got to sign a check over, or then you got to swipe a credit card because you got to, <laughs> you have to buy some supplies. You have to buy yeah. some packaging. You have to buy some raw materials and then you have to distribute Then all of a sudden your name's being put on a dotted line and then it gets real a. F. So what are you feeling during this time? Or you've just been taking so many of your own, your own vitamins that you feel great.
0: Oh my God. So honestly, at that point, I was super oblivious to, to be completely Mm. honest. Yeah. I was really in the moment. I was like, at that, at that point I had, I was hating my job. So I quit my job and I was, I was really like, you're gonna do this because you don't want to go back to work and that's Mm -hmm. kind of what was driving me I'm like you are going to make this work and so as I was you know signing on the dotted line in my head I'm sitting there going totally oblivious to how to run a business mind you that I'm calculating okay cool well I'm purchasing you know, I'm getting. This is what it, my cost to manufacture, and and this is what I'm going to sell it for. And oh, cool! You're going to make this much money, and I think it's going to happen that day. So I'm sitting there, happy as hell, like super excited that I'm about to make more money than I've ever made in my life. And little did I know, you know, businesses have expenses, and it takes a lot more than just what's coming in and what's going out. So yeah i was I was living in it. I was loving it. It took me a couple about a month to realize, wow, like <laughs> you 've definitely started something here you got to go for it it 's too late to back out now.
1: Mhm so where did the name come from?
0: Yes, awesome question. I was going to bring that up anyway, so I actually <laughs> will remember i i've been a health and wellness coach for quite a while, and fitness is like my my passion i I struggled with an eating disorder early on earlier on in my life and fitness is honestly my outlet. It is everything for me. It, it's helped me with anxiety my whole life and it is my truest passion. And so I remember sitting there. I was actually in the parking lot at a I think it was like a Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. and I was sitting there jotting down notes on my notepad just thinking of all these different terms and I had recently discovered the um, amazing benefits that CBD has for fitness, and started telling my friends about that. And I'm like, "What if I really niche this down and made this super specific to the fitness industry?" So I started thinking of you know different fitness-like terms, and sweat popped into my head, and I I, I loved it because I really thought in such a competitive industry where everybody's name is you know like. kind of (laughs) hippie-esque, I would stand out a little bit different in Mm -hmm. that I had this specific market. So Sweat CBD was born.
1: You know, and I like that you're honing in on who this is for. And I'm curious, at what point did you start to really drill down on who your audience was uh, that your product was being created for versus I just want, you know, because, because you know, I talk to so many entrepreneurs like, oh, I just want to help everyone. Yeah, but by targeting everyone, you target no one. One, The thing that you've really cultivated, I appreciate so much about your branding, your messaging, your your, your visual imagery, your ads is You know who this is for. This is for an active person. This is for uh, stress release, uh, stress release, excuse me, obviously, but it's also for recovery as well. And that's such a such a unique angle that you've put on your business, particularly even with the name Sweat CBD. Uh, When was it that you started to really ideate out who this was for, who your target audience or demographic was?
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for observing that. I mean, that's that was honestly a really hard pill for me to swallow actually, because I talk so strongly about my anxiety and why, why and how my anxiety led me to find this product and really have this passion for it and really want to create something because of that. So it was really almost hard for me to not completely just lead with the story of anxiety, even though I wanted to Taught or to market towards the fitness industry. And so that was always kind of a struggle for me. I'm like, well, CBD does so many things. So, how do I narrow it down to one thing? But one great lesson that I I learned really early on in kind of just, you know, doing my own research into marketing and doing some college courses in marketing was that exactly what you said. If you're, you're never going to be successful trying to market to everyone, you need to find your very, very specific audience. Um, And so when I started doing this, I kind of right from the beginning was very focused on fitness. And I even remember like my early Instagram feed was all fitness. And then I started feeling a little bit of kind of that imposter syndrome, I guess. And I'm like, well, you know what? I created this product because of anxiety. I need to incorporate that. And then I felt like it was a little bit even all over the board. Um, And more recently, I have kind of realized that they they go so hand in hand. I mean, when most people avoid going to the gym or starting a workout routine or getting back into a workout routine after taking a lot of time off, it's because of anxiety. We get so anxious that we talk ourselves out of it. And there's Mm -hmm. so much performance anxiety related to fitness that they really go so hand in hand and being an athlete and being somebody that likes to work out I really think that a lot of people that have that similar passion is because they struggle with anxiety and they use that as well as a natural tool so it's always kind of been there and it's always been really niched down like that but I've gotten so much more clarity on it recently
1: what was um some of the early things that you were kind of coming across or learning as you're piecing this together. And this is, this is before you get to market, but you're just going through, uh, the, the brand creation, um, uh, logo design, name, labeling, uh, selecting distributors. What are some of the lessons like that you're learning along this path at this time?
0: Oh yeah. I mean so many. Um so I, I feel like at the beginning it was, you know, I was selling to friends and selling to family and I had my website set up and people were purchasing every once in a while on my website, but it was definitely more so like, let me come drop this off at your house, you come pick it up at my house kind of thing. So it was a very it, it was very low key at the beginning and my label like is comical to me now. We just kind of put something on it and was off to the races, which Is good because it taught me a lot. Um, But I think one of the biggest things that I learned was I was the reason it took me so long to get through that first, you know, my first production was because I kept saying, you know, I will do this when. So I'll take the next step to put my product here when, when I know a little bit more, when my label looks better, when I, you know, have a little bit more knowledge of CBD in general. And I was giving myself those like timelines to kind of, I guess, like ease the anxiety of you know stepping into this extremely extremely competitive industry. Um, I felt like the most imposter syndrome, like who am I to be coming into this industry where there are so many people who know so much more about CBD than me. Um, But the fact is, that's still true and. I can offer completely different knowledge and I can offer knowledge that, you know, is specific to me. So I think the biggest thing was like telling myself that I was going to, you know, wait till, wait to start something new until I was ready. And the truth is that I would never be ready if I hadn't got started. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, I think, I think that's what really slowed me down at the beginning was just being scared, but I mean, at the same time, rightfully so, because this was so new to me, um, just business in general and this industry. So just being scared and kind of giving myself a little bit of a cop-out, I think that was a, a hard lesson that I learned.
1: Mm. It's it's tricky for entrepreneurs to to have to allow that inner critic or that inner voice to exist, but still ship in spite of it, to still move forward in spite of it? Because yeah. that's the thing. And I've hit upon this on my podcast before, which is the fear never goes away. It doesn't matter how many launches you've had, how much success you've you've accumulated. When you go to do something you haven't done before, or even just a new variation of something, it feels like, oh my God, what if this doesn't work? Or what if someone says, I don't have the right to do this? So what helped you specifically uh, get that clarity or that, that fire to say, you know what, even though I feel all those things, I'm just going to launch anyway.
0: I think it really comes down to two things. One of them being, I knew that regardless of how many people were out there, the product that I had created and the product that I was putting into people's hands, those people were coming back to me and telling me I changed their life Mm. within days of first, you know, putting out this product. I mean, my grandma is 83 years old and hasn't been able to, She's had, suffers from severe arthritis. Obviously, growing up, in, she's in small town Wisconsin. It's not necessarily something that she would ever, you know, willingly try. And once we actually got her to try it, since then, she's been walking five miles a day. It completely changed her life. And so hearing things like that from friends and family and then, you know, friends of friends, it was just, that was fuel because I was like, you know telling myself like you you'd be doing people a disservice to not offer them this product. And I think at that time I wasn't necessarily thinking like I'm going to get this product out to, you know, all of these thousands, tens of thousands of people. I was just thinking you can't stop doing what you're doing and then it kind of just escalated on its own because, you know, how I how I was going about it was so pure and real. Um So yeah, I think, I think that really pushed me. And then the other thing is like, I really, like I said, I really didn't want to have to go back and clock in nine to five. And that drove me so hard to, you know, want to create this life for myself of freedom and, you know, being able to give my family a life that, you know, they would never dream of. So that was really, really, you know, important in pushing me forward as well.
1: What do you think were some of the, the roadblocks or the obstacles that you were hitting in this kind of early phase where you're still piecing this together? You might be selling a few to friends and family, but you haven't really expanded to, to the public market yet. Uh, did you have any uh, things you had to learn or navigate around as, as you're really trying to move this brand forward?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, when I first started this too, this was a, the inv- the advancement of CBD in the past couple of years is just remarkable. Um, so at the beginning, like I remember like every single person that I would sell to, I would have to talk to them for 30, 45 minutes like per customer to first just explain what CBD is, explain what, you mm. know, what, like what it could do for them, and explain that it wouldn't, you know, make them high, um, because there is such a stigma. Still, you know, there still is, but it's definitely a lot looser now. But there was such a strong stigma of CBD is is marijuana, and so explaining to people, especially people, you know, older people who are struggling with muscle and joint pain and stuff like that, that they're not gonna take this and then get high. That was huge. So product knowledge that was a really really big hurdle at the beginning um and now it's like i i mean every once in a while somebody will reach out and ask what is cbd it's very very seldom though um and then obviously competition that was huge too so we always call it like the cbd storm so at the beginning of about two and a half years ago when i when i first put this product out there um everybody and their brother was starting a CBD company. You had like people with lots of money coming in and just putting a slapping a label on something that they had no idea where it was coming from. They had no idea how it was being manufactured and then just, you know, hoping to make their money and get out, which they did. And so as the regulations started getting a little bit more strict and people started actually doing the research into where their product was coming from, how it was being manufactured, you know, what, what are the ingredients, that kind of thing. The, those people have definitely weeded themselves out and um, it's kind of been really cool to see. Uh, w- there's only a few brands that I remember starting around the same time as me that actually are still running. So I would say those are the two biggest hurdles that we ran into. And then I think just my personal growth as well and not you know having that imposter syndrome and realizing that like I deserve to bring this product to light just as much as anybody else does.
1: hmm and you, you you completely do. When um, when did this start to feel like this was more than just something that you were doing as a hobby, and that this was something that was really reaching in? And and you know you mentioned that you'd receive messages from people saying how it changed their life, and that that can fuel you, but it still can feel almost euphoric and not real. When did this begin to feel like? Oh, I got I got my uh my adult pants on now. This is a this is a real company. This is really yeah. doing something.
0: To be honest with you, this is like a really really recent thing for me. I am one of those people that like I I go for it and then it I think I just always keep moving the finish line. So, mm. I will always be like, you know, my true success will be when I hit this dollar amount or I reach this many customers or it, I just keep changing it for myself. And honestly, within the past, like six months or so, I have really done a lot of personal growth and realized that, you know, I hit success with this so long ago. I have truly touched so many people's lives with this and I need to give myself a little bit more praise and a little bit more grace for what I've done already. And kind of like digging deep and, and feeling that has really changed how I how I feel about my work and how I feel about the business too. So this is something like super recent for me to feel like, wow, like look at what you've created.
1: So uh, let's, let's talk about the, um, the growth of the brand in regards to how you've uh, grown your sales channels, uh, how you've marketed it, but then also understand the context of what is allowed legally to advertise, or to promote, or to say about what you're doing, and how you have to really just work around that. And the reason I ask that is, um, you know, last, I believe it was last year, we had um, the owner of the website, I believe it's called thebloomy.com, uh, which is a website for uh, women's health, reproductive health, uh, but also um, uh, sexual awareness, and sexual education. And uh, the founder is a sex therapist, and she is not allowed to run any advertising at all, period, cannot do it. So her whole thing, uh, because Facebook blocks her ads, Google blocks her ads, anything related to sex, sexual awareness, sexual education gets blocked. So her whole thing is she has to do massive PR. What in your industry, uh, understand that CBD might not even be as heavily regulated as, as, you know, sexual education but there has to be something that you've had to come up against in regards to how you market uh, the channels that you can sell through and what you're allowed to say about it.
0: Oh my God, where do I start? This is, yeah, it's been, it has been, um, it's been a journey and it's, it, it has taught me a lot of roundabout thinking. I'll tell you that. So, um, down to I mean everything. I went through multiple multiple payment processors because they would add you as a processor. You'd process with them a little bit, and then they would see one like slight error in wording either on even a blog that somebody wrote or my website or anything, and they would they would just disconnect with you they would not let you process with them anymore so i went through multiple multiple processes before i actually got contacted by a very well-known um processing company who said we are choosing 40 cbd country or companies in the world to process for and your brand was brought to light and that was just like a, a a godsend it was just amazing it came Right in time, I was having to separately invoice people for every single order there for like two months, which was unreal. But they came in and everything's been good with them for like over a year now. So, but again, they will go and do random checks on my website and make sure that you are not making any medical claims. So I have to be very careful about how I word that. And there's a couple ways around that. when somebody gives a testimonial they uh, that is not coming from me that is coming from their mouth so there's a little bit more freedom there Uh, but i cannot say it will or I have to be very careful. I can say it could or benefits may include. So we have to be very particular about that. Um, As far as other forms of advertising, (laughs) truly Instagram. Like when I'm on my Instagram, I am talking and I am writing either testimonies or a personal testimony or giving information that way. And that has been like our main source of advertising because it's not allowed on, and I'm sorry, I'm talking about my Instagram feed, not Instagram ads. Sure. So um, we cannot advertise on Instagram or Facebook. So we've actually had to hire a, um, a professional to come in and figure out a roundabout way of doing that, which we're after almost three months now, just getting this going because it's so hard. Even if you run one ad that, is slightly off, they will shut it down and then you have to start a new account. So it's it's really, really interesting um, advertising, um, but it has been so much uh, word of mouth too. I mean, I was, before COVID, I was doing about six pop-ups or markets every single week so every single like evening or afternoon i would haul all my stuff out i had a tent i had my signs and i would go pop up all around like la all the way to san diego and stand out there and educate people on my product and what it could do for them give out samples and you know gain a customer for life. Our customer retention is amazing. So knowing that I, if I just got them to try it once, that they would be a customer for life. So it's been strongly word of mouth as well.
1: Do you ever like, think at any point that, okay, so one is maybe I feel like a small fish in a big pond. There's so much competition. Uh, I'm not allowed to run any advertising. Um, my merchant processors keep shutting us down and I keep having to find a new merchant processor. I have to do all these pop-up tents. I have to talk to people for 30 minutes to buy, to buy a low ticket item. (laughs) Do you ever think like, Oh, is this worth it? Or, 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 you know what, there's, there's something here that is just so important and this is going to turn in our favor. We just have to have the right amount of application of pressure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like obviously there's those days that I'm out of market and it's been eight hours that I've been sitting out there and nobody is stopping to talk to me. And I just want to, you know, I want to cry and be like, <laughs> why am I doing this? Like, why am I doing this? I'm worth more than this. But then the next day I am talking to a hundred people and every single one of those people end up buying my product and then continue to buy it online. And it's like, okay. I remember. I mean, that's just very seldom that I have those like limiting beliefs and like questioning myself, but there, I'm telling you, I don't know what it is, but there's just something like so strong inside of me that is like, you can't stop. You can't, you just can't stop. You have put so much into this. And I've just see, like, I can see it in my head, like that I'm going to look at this in a year even. And I'm going to be like, I don't even remember who I am now. It, I don't. I, this business is so different now because I think that about you know where I was a year ago. So I just you know I just I feel it. I feel it. It's there. It really is.
1: What um, when you when you look at how you separate out your kind of marketing and 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 PR and uh, I mean I, advertising, you you can't really do at least online advertising. You can't do. Where do you really find the best? bang for your investment uh, in regards to helping to promote the brand that's giving you a return on that promotion?
0: That's a good question. Um, I think more recently, it's been email marketing. Um, uh-huh because everybody's at home so um before i was really like you know going out and and meeting people that was that was huge um but now it i think very much so uh it is um yeah email marketing and then more recently too um during um quarantine i actually just kind of grinded it out and put together I think we're at like 68 affiliate person program now. Um, So I have 68 people out there who are also promoting the product and reaching people that I would never be able to reach on my own um, all across the country. So that has a really, really, really boosted our sales too. Actually, when we first launched the program, I believe it was May no, it was April, April 1st, I believe. And, um, it tripled our e-commerce sales. So it's, it's kind of plateaued a little bit now. Um, I feel like where everybody is at financially is just a little bit like uncharted territory right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm taking that with grace, like I was talking about earlier, you know, giving myself that, that space and that grace to be able to let things grow naturally but i think yeah email marketing and my affiliate program have been the best um i've had the best roi from those
1: when it comes to actual sales channels is most of it e-commerce just through your website or are there uh third party distributors or um consignment uh purchases wholesale purchasing
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of wholesale purchasing. Um, and then I have to, I work with two different distribution companies. Um, and then I actually am working on an international distribution deal right now. Um, and then I have a lot of wholesale, a lot of wholesale. Um, I work with a 120, um, chain, um, Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's been going for a while. Um, and I think at right now we're at like a hundred and I think it's 135 retail locations. And while, CBD is still something that a lot of these store owners, especially in other states besides California, are still really kind of learning how to sell. So it's been pretty slow moving with wholesale, but it's definitely picking up. And I see a dramatic difference from even what it was like six months ago. Um, But then, yes, a lot of it is um, e-commerce. So I I do a lot of e-commerce sales.
1: Let me ask this, because obviously it, it, it kind of is understood that you make more Per sale, doing your own e-commerce sales than you would off a off a wholesale deal. If you're looking at it per unit or or, or per item, um, but do you find the wholesaling has benefited overall brand awareness as absolutely. well?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's an awesome question because when I first started um, with some of the uh, the wholesalers that I work with, um, you know, we would re- negotiate pricing, and I feel like being new to everything i maybe settled for a little bit less than what i, I should have sure. um and i just really kind of always thought of it as this is just a foot in the door and once i know myself as a consumer and so once i go to a store and purchase something and i buy it one time the next time i usually order it online because now i'm you know introduced to the product and it's probably easier to order it online and you could probably find, you know, a better deal with discount codes and such if you, if you order it online. So, um, yeah, I just always thought it as thought of it as like, yeah, you know, you're not making a ton right now, but it's brand awareness. It's getting it into people's homes and having them share it with their friends. And that's creating new customers.
1: Yeah, it was a very very similar story to uh, uh, one of my best friends or my best friend uh landed a deal with HSN, the home shopping network. Oh, wow. And uh unfortunately this was this was pre-COVID. Um and he was supposed to actually be on air uh selling and he he designs uh yoga leggings, uh selling his yoga leggings as part of HSN's athletic apparel lineup. Uh, but this this was we were, and I was supposed to go out with him to Pensacola, Florida, which is where their one of their headquarters is, uh, to you know be behind the scenes while he's on air selling his yoga leggings on on the home shopping network uh and that was mid-april so right literally like it was days before the flight everything kind of got shifted around and they've just been promoting through uh their website but the whole reason for that you know unnecessary story was that he had to be really careful with price points and his profit per unit was drastically drastically demolished, um, but it was a, a, a very a very successful brand positioning because now forever they're listed as as you've seen on, H, exactly. on uh, HSN.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've even lost, I've even lost money on, um, a couple, a couple deals that I did right at the beginning. I was, a, I was a yes woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just wanted any, any sort of leverage I could get. I was like, just, you know, need to get this product out there. And I said, yes, to people who probably knew that I was going to say yes, they knew what they could ask for. Cause I was definitely a timid, you know, girl going into this this meeting this big room with all of these like grown businessmen and I was just like yeah yeah sure I can do that yeah I actually spent a lot of money trying to create them specific type of products and you know product placement that I definitely did not need for myself and um, I put a lot into that I I definitely lost some money on that but I don't regret it because I obviously learned a lot from that Mm -hmm. but not only that I it did get my product out there to people and I have still customers you know I have quite a few customers um, who came from that so I don't I don't see it as you know a fail I see it as a, a really good lesson and I needed to learn That learn it that way in order to get a little bit thicker skin and get a little bit tougher.
1: Yeah. And kind of the way I looked at and the way I explained it to my friend was just see it as an advertising expense. Yeah. Like that's, that's, and you still make, he, he still makes profit, just not a lot, but it's this is the price you paid to be featured within their brand with on their website within their ecosystem uh it's an advertising space now were you going to these wholesale accounts or these wholesale representatives or were they coming to you
0: oh i was going you were
1: you were you were you were were kind of pounding pavement
0: i was pounding the pavement and i mean i was sending out minimum 50 emails a day 50 Mm -hmm. emails a day from different wholesale um just different wholesale companies and different um uh, retail um chains and different storefronts and different everything for months and months and months and months. I mean, it was like every day. And I remember just like not getting an email back for the longest time and just being so frustrated. And like, I was like, is, maybe, you know, obviously those, those doubts creep back in, like, maybe this isn't going to work, but I just, I, I kept sending those emails. And what's crazy is like, it's, you know, over two years later and I'm getting responses back from these people now saying I've seen your brand everywhere we would like to carry it. So mm. I mean it was definitely not a waste of time because it put my name out there and then they go look at their email thread and we had been talking for you know over 2 years. So it's it's worth it and you kind of just got to put in the time. You just have to pound the pavement for a while.
1: Yep and I just want to like you you've done this at several points in this journey which is you know you went through it with merchant processors you went through it with wholesale uh representatives and wholesale companies uh you went through it in the actual formation of the brand where you were coming up against that that kind of nagging voice like who am i to be doing this or there's a lot of competition out there at multiple intersections you've decided no i'm just going to keep working and i'm going to make this happen and that right there is a true indication of your own grit or your own perseverance and determination to see this through uh, to whatever end. And that's, it's something that resonates with me. And it's something that, uh, you know, I, I, picked up on you when we first were connected is like this, this person, she works, she hustles, she's willing to get the job done. And it's something I, I really appreciate about you.
0: Thank you. Absolutely.
1: So I'm curious, like, and I know this is taking a step back. What did you have to do to kind of protect the brand equity or your formulation or your design or anything like that? Did you go through any like trademarking or, or IPs just to protect what you're creating?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So actually I am going through the process right now of trademarking, but here's the thing. This is another one of those hurdles is that you cannot trademark CBD yet. So you it, it, it cannot be related to CBD. So what I have to do, the roundabout way of doing this is that I actually have to trademark my topical lotion that is not actually CBD. It's hemp because we use hemp topically. So it is a hemp salve. And we are trademarking that one single product alone so that sweat hemp solve will be trademarked. And then once you are able to trademark CBD, then we will be, you know, first in line to be able to trademark that specific name.
1: Because so you ex- already have the, exactly. the trademark with, with, the, yep. with the hemp product related to sweat.
0: Yep, exactly and so that is also you know whereas most people would just be able to trademark a brand as a whole and do it one time it's not a cheap process so trying to do now i'm gonna have to you know do it once and then do it again which it's again it's just it's one of those things you got to do it like i can't just get hung up on it it's i got to do it
1: it's cost Um, of doing business
0: yeah exactly and and there's other things i've done to protect myself we um Pretty early on, actually, I um, got product—you know—liability insurance on my product, which is is huge. And I did, you know, I have a contract with my manufacturer um, for my formulation for the oil, um, and um, yeah, that's—I mean—at this point, that's kind of all I can do. Um, but I'm constantly learning things about that too, you know, different roundabout ways in order to like be first in line to protect myself when I can.
1: It's it it pays off in the end because okay. it it secures your ownership of the brand and the ip of the brand but also it it protects you further down the road should anything ever come up it just blows my mind that in 2020 2020 is the year we are in right now as of recording this thing that you are not able to trademark anything related to CBD. It's
0: mind blowing. It's mind blowing. But I really think um, after speaking to, um, it's actually Andrea Sager who is gonna help. Of course. <laughs>
1: another another person, she's, she's done yeah. all, all of our IP trademarks yeah, and copyrights. She's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: she's awesome. So she's gonna she's helping me out with that. Um, but she said she thinks it'll be really soon that they make that switch. I mean, I can legally sell my product to, anyone in the United States. So it's like, I I don't, I I don't understand. I really don't. Um, I thought we were past that point with the legalization of cannabis as a whole and, you know, spreading across America, but it's, yeah, it's sure interesting.
1: (laughs) It's, it's such a fascinating time. So I'm curious, like, uh, obviously a lot has shifted over the last few months we've noticed kind of particularly in development. Um, Online sales, online shopping has has been seeing all new heights. Uh, how have you been positioning your brand uh, as really as a as a solution or a pay, or, you know solving pain points for your audience during everything happening in the world right now?
0: Yeah, I think the affiliate program has been huge because you know I I've definitely been showing up on my on my personal and my business Instagram. You know letting people know my story and putting myself out there really a lot further than i thought i would even be comfortable with but just putting it out there because it i really drastically underestimated how many people would be able to relate to it um so putting myself out there like that but again i can only reach so many people so bringing on now 68 people to then put their voice out there about how my product has helped them has really helped the positioning of my product during this time. And this is, it's the on online shopping is just out of this world right now. People who would never order online are are using online ordering. Um, so I knew that that was going to be my main source of income going into quarantine, but I was really, really scared because I had those other, you know, wholesale accounts and distribution accounts. And I'm like, how am I going to get through this without that? Because at that point, my e-commerce was fine. It would, you know, it was not great by any means, um, but it definitely wouldn't have just kept my business running where I was at when we started. And like I mentioned earlier, we actually tripled our e-commerce sales um, during during quarantine. Mm. So that has become the main source of income, and still is is running, you know, at a little below what that peak was, but definitely still the main source right now.
1: Uh, one of the things I was going to ask, I'm like, God, if you're not doing this, you need to be doing it. Of course, I see it right away on your website. You're already doing it. And I'm so glad you're doing it is you offer subscriptions. So yeah. I could, I could subscribe and get, get like, let's just say the gummies sent to me every single month and you're, yes. you're giving 10% off uh, by, by allowing people to subscribe and just get automatic delivery.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's something actually, um, that got, we started that at like the end of March, actually. It has been awesome because, um, you know, with e-commerce, it's like, it's kind of just, you know, you cross your fingers, especially when you can't advertise, you know? Um, so we would, you know, I'd be just hoping like, okay, cool. I need to, my goal is to make X amount by the end of the month. And you just kind of cross your fingers. Whereas now I have, however many people on subscription and I know this is my guaranteed income for the month at least. So it has been awesome for honestly, peace of mind, but it really is, you know, people are like, I don't want to say people are lazy, but people are forgetful. People just, Mm -hmm. I know myself as a consumer, I, I, I love my products, but my, you know, different supplements and such that I take. But when I run out, sometimes it'll be like two, three weeks before I reorder cause I just yep. forget. So mm-hmm. ha- having that ease for the customers as well and offering them an additional discount is, is great.
1: I understand there's no right or wrong to this, but what are your thoughts as it relates to your specific business and being, selling through Amazon?
0: I, I can't I've I tried, um, mm-hmm. so what is going up on Amazon is a, a hemp seed oil essentially. I noticed it, that. Yep. Yeah, and so it it definitely is not the same thing as a full spectrum CBD oil. So you're not you know you're not going to get the same. Like medicinal benefits from that, um, but there is CBD companies like real full spectrum CBD companies that are just slapping hemp seed oil on their label and then putting it on Amazon. Uh, oh,
1: really? So, because it's funny because I, you know, I'm searching this stuff, and as I search for CBD, and I just search first, I search for your company, it didn't come up. Then I'm just searching for CBD, and the only thing that comes up is hemp gummies or hemp yeah. oils so yep. you're saying some of these are actually cbds just labeled as hemp right and then interesting
0: I, and you could probably look tomorrow and that won't be on there so that's mm-hmm. the thing is there are people that are trying to get around it but they're getting caught really fast because it somebody will order it and see that it's definitely not you can feel the difference you can feel if you know if it's a cbd product or not and either reporting it or i'm not even sure the whole process but um yeah why
1: why is amazon so so anti-cbd it seems it would like it would be such a burgeoning market for them
0: i don't understand either because i i mean that would be huge um it would be huge yeah i mean there's people that are like literally trying to recreate amazon for cbd like a amazon like style um you know ordering like a it's called like, like direct cbd online stores or um cbd worldwide and they're basically you know trying to recreate the idea of amazon for that with the same concept of like being a prime member and getting free shipping or whatever else and i actually sell on like two different platforms like that but yeah it just i don't know i don't know why they just can't comply with that it's it's
1: interesting that's so fascinating so i'm curious like obviously this has been a lightning fast evolution for you i mean so much has happened and really just uh, under 700 days. If, if you really just look at from a bird's eye view, you, you created a company, you've, you know, secured the assets of the company, you're growing the company, you're selling the company, you're landing wholesale accounts on the company. Uh, you've signed nearly 70 affiliates to this company. So I'm just curious, like understanding that 2020, a lot of business plans have been forced to change, but where do you see your brand going for the rest of this year? And where do you then want it to go going into 2021?
0: That's a great question. Um, so right now, I'm really working on gaining a little bit better insight into you know where can I find my customers? Where are my customers? Um, like I said, with the Facebook ads thing, it has been it's it's been a struggle, but we're gonna keep pushing through because I think it's gonna be worth it. Um, so building a a more branding uh, recognition, but I think that very in large part is going to come from me personally putting my story out there more and getting my brand myself in front of more people. Um, because I believe that people are a lot more conscious of consumers now and they don't want to just buy from a company. They want to buy from a person. And I think that that will be the next big step in taking this brand where I see it going is really just getting me out there and telling my story and being relatable to other people in that way.
1: So where can, um, listeners go to learn more about you learn more about sweat CBD as well as to connect and then maybe even to uh, get involved as a potential affiliate.
0: Absolutely. So, um, Instagram, I'm really active on Instagram too. I, separate i I put aside a couple hours every single day to answer instagram messages about cbd about my story about all things um anxiety really and so that's that's probably my biggest platform Um, my handles there are at kelsey.airs and then at sweatcbd and i'm active on both of them Um, and then also my website has a ton of information and and some video content as well Um, and that's just sweatcbd.com And yeah, that's, I mean, those are probably the biggest two platforms that I'm at.
1: Perfect. I'll make sure we list those in the show notes. And Kelsey, I just want to thank you so much. I know, I know I was kind of grilling you with a lot of, a lot of the marketing and sales questions, but, but it's something that I just, you and I are just so mind melded when it comes to that. And, And I love the brand you created. I love the movement that you're pushing behind this brand. So just super honored that we can connect and have this conversation.
0: I really appreciate it. And this was a great conversation. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for listening to Beyond the Image. For more information on James Patrick's work and live events, please visit jamespatrick.com or jamespatrickworkshops.com. Hey, Mel, Brian here. Got to work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy.